I'm Alexis. And I'm Saul. And this is Newtcast. Awesome. We okay. No, I always start off by saying we are so excited. We're not excited. We're not excited at all. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Newcast. <laughs> I'm here with my friend Saul Marquez. Hello. And he is going to join me on this special episode regarding Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, the movie. Mallory is not here today because she, as she has said, may um, she rest in peace. Oh my gosh. No, she oh. just. <laughs> I, I guess I was under the wrong impression. Sorry. <laughs> She's trying not to watch any of the trailers or interviews or any information at all before the films, which is going to make for a really great uh, conversation, I'm sure, after the film to see what she expected, what surprised her, and things like that. But Saul and I are not so resilient. We have given in and watched all of the trailers. <laughs> At least Most. as, many as, well, many as we have seen. Yeah, I've seen the, the main trailers. I've not watched the recent clips and stuff. I have, so we will still go over those, and I'm really excited. So, Saul, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so my name is Saul Marquez. I am from Arizona. I'm a student here at BYU. That's how I know Alexis. I am a Gryffindor, obviously. No, um, <laughs> I'm Gryffindor, um, Ilvermorny Thunderbird. I guess that's it. I, I host a podcast yeah, called Bookmarked, which is the podcast for my website, Bookstacked, with an E-D, like Bookstacked. I always have to say that because people think I'm just saying Bookstack. No, it's Bookstacked. Um, and yeah, we talk about young adult books there and stuff. We talk a lot about Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts. So yeah, I'm excited to talk even more about those things. Yeah, absolutely. I really recommend that podcast, by the way, guys. Just a quick plug. Bookstacked with an E-D. Bookstacked. <laughs> we should just start calling it that. Yeah, that might make it easier. <laughs> yeah, bookstacked.com. Or if you want to check out the show, it's bookmarkedshow.com. Also, bookmarked has an ED at the end, like bookmarked. <laughs> so. Just make this all kinds of hard for, <laughs> right. for everyone listening. To start off with a little bit of Potter Watch, we have some interesting Fantastic Beast things that are not trailers, per se, um, but do give us a little bit of information about the films, one of those being the Empire Magazine moving cover. So let's look at that, because Saul hasn't seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen this, so this is like a surprise. Oh my goodness. Isn't it beautiful? Actually, that is really cool. There's a lot going on in here. Basically what it is, it's a it looks like a newspaper cover. So it says the New York Ghost at the top, which I assume is the American Daily Prophet. And there's a lot of headlines that, of course, point to the plot of Fantastic Beasts. The biggest one being Grindelwald attacks intensify, risking war with nomadges. It's pretty intense. Some of the things that I pulled from it, because it wasn't a really clear thing. I couldn't read everything. But the Thunderbird that we know about, his name is Frank. What an interesting name. Right? Why, though? Why? Inter- wasn't Frank the name of the... Uh... Longbottom? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, that just... Okay. Yeah. It... <laughs> I'm excited to see how that fits in. I, I agree. And it makes me wonder if it's Newt naming these creatures. So does that tell us a little bit about him, of just giving them human names? If it's Newt who gave the name Frank to a Thunderbird, then yes. I think that would be very interesting. I'd say he has poor taste in names, but I name everything <laughs> I own Jeffrey. Well, there you so, go. So I look can't really, talking. Yeah, I can't really <laughs> judge him. I hope for something more, I guess, elaborate, but it's kind of funny. 
But what's the context that it's talking about here when it says Thunderbird named Frank? Is it do we know if this Thunderbird is even belongs to Newt or? Um, that's a good question. I don't know where they pulled that from. I got that from MuggleNet. So somewhere in this massive text, yeah, in this massive front page to the uh, New York Ghost, it mentions a Thunderbird named Frank. That's true. So maybe it's not Newt's name after all, and maybe it's something that's inside the article itself. Apparently. This is in the article. Eddie Redmayne auditioned for the role of Tom Riddle in the Harry Potter movies and wanted to be a Weasley, which is really precious. How old is he? Um, I don't know. He seems so young, but I mean, I'm sure he's older than me. 34. Okay, I guess that would work. He has a young face. Yeah. Okay, there will be a sequel in Paris. Not New York City, but Paris. Uh, that's ambitious, according to some sources. Yeah, well, I think what happened was David Yates said that when they he got the script, he was like, let me think about this for a bit. So I don't know. It's very it's very interesting to see what could be going on. Um, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on why Paris could be the setting for the sequel, actually. Can we go into them? They're, they're very much tied to Grindelwald. Oh. Do we want to wait for this or... Yeah, we can wait. I'm really excited to hear about this, especially since you spent so much time in Paris. Yes, I so. did live in France for a couple of years. He knows Paris, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, piece of news, is that the Hot Topic is has released their Fantastic Beast collection, which involves a lot of different kinds of clothing that you're going to see in the films, from Newt's jacket to flapper dresses and character coats and wand pockets in those coats. I'm really excited about it. I don't know if I'll buy anything. But I'm really excited about it. I feel like I'm always, like, the same. Like, I'm just, like, I see these awesome shirts or whatever at Hot Topic. Yeah. And I walk to the the entrance, and then I look up, and I look at the Hot Topic sign, and I'm just, like, eh. Are you kidding? I can't walk in there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. My mom knows how to go in there now. She's really, really cool with That's it. Funny. For Christmas, I feel like, yeah. I feel like there was a stigma with there Hot is. Topic when I was there in was. elementary school. There was, yeah. And I feel like I, it's still part of me. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, I totally went, I was like, screw it, it's Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I want that Hufflepuff hoodie right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I never do get around to like buying merchandise. I'm a bad person when it comes to like merchandise. I just, I don't buy it very often. Dude, I'm getting Newt's wand. I know it. <laughs> I can feel it. In fandom news, uh, Puffs the Play has gotten a little bit more news coverage. At least I've seen Hypeable review it. I think MuggleNet maybe has reviewed it. I think I saw something on MuggleNet, yeah. Yeah. And that makes me really happy, and I really wish I could see it. I hope they record it, because I really want to see this play. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's a st- Star Kid type of thing, right? No. Like, I, th- is it, I think it's off-Broadway? It's off-Broadway, so it's not a student production. Yeah, typically think. they... I mean, I, when you think about it, Star Kid recording a very Potter musical is kind of... I mean, that's not... It's not usually done, like, yeah. to record a musical and just put that out there. I, I mean, feel like it's because it was a student play. Probably. I mean, and they've they've since really, like, built a platform off of creating, like, online plays, because you can watch a lot of their productions right, right. on YouTube now. So that's they've true. kind of built their business around that, which is just actually very interesting. Yeah, I love the fact that this is the era of Hufflepuff, which I know you have a lot of thoughts about. No, Hufflepuffs are cool. <laughs> oh, oh, now you say that, huh? Well, let me tell you guys. <laughs> Saul is not always so nice. <laughs> hey, I like Hufflepuffs. Um, I just think the jokes in a very Potter musical are hilarious. <laughs> Whereas I am so over them, guys. <laughs> I, I, so I know this is a play about Hufflepuffs. Yeah. What exactly is going on in this play? So it follows a Hufflepuff named Wayne, who's just, like, casually mentioned throughout the series. And, like, what he he goes through through those seven years that Harry's going through his shenanigans. 
And so it has like a handful of different Hufflepuffs who are just like trying to survive the year. And like, of course, second year you have Justin Finch Fletchley get petrified and, you know, all these sorts of things that Cedric Diggory in fourth year that happen to Hufflepuffs, but we never hear their side of it. Interesting. Yeah. It's supposedly really funny. So, so it's a retelling of the original books through the eyes of yes. a minor Hufflepuff character. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome. It does. It does. Okay, on to the suitcase, where we talk about Fantastic Beasts, the trailers, the characters, all the things we know, the things we hope for, expect, the things we dread, potentially. But yeah, well, especially after this last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, th- yeah, we'll get there. A lot of drama. But first of all, let's go through the trailers that we've seen so far. We're going to play three of them um, and go over like the different facts that have come about. Because I have a tendency to forget things and like mold all of them together and yeah. So it'll be good just to go through them all again, just to prepare ourselves for the movie when it comes. So the first one, this is the official featurette called A New Hero. My heroes are always people who feel themselves to be set apart, stigmatized, or othered. That's at the heart of most of what I write, and it's certainly at the heart of this movie. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them was a textbook that Harry Potter used at school. While I was writing Potter, I became quite interested in Newt's commander. So I knew quite a lot about Newt. He's been traveling the world studying magical creatures. He calls himself a magizoologist. First trip to America? Yes. Newt's creatures live in this magical case. You open it up, you can go down. It's an amazing space. Newt feels more at home with creatures than he does with human beings. Come on, give me a smile. Newt walks into a society he doesn't really understand. Mr. Scrambler, do you know anything about the wizarding community in America? I know that you have rather backward stories about relations with non-magic people. You're not meant to befriend them, you can't marry them, which seems wildly absurd to me. You marry him. And then Jacob accidentally opens Newt's case full of magical creatures. Hey, Mr. English guy, I think your egg is hatching. So Newt gets embroiled in this adventure. It's something that has implications for the whole wizarding world. Lots of stuff in that. I find this super interesting. Mm-hmm. Just her whole, because she goes into like why, why Newt, right? Why this time? As if she had already had the whole story in her mind exactly already. yeah do you think that's true like um i think since especially after this last week <laughs> i'm getting the sense that there's a lot more there when she says that this is a story she's wanted to tell for a long time right. specifically in relationship to grindelwald yeah so but i I, th- I feel like yes i also feel like maybe maybe not i mean i think she definitely 
I, I totally believe her when she said that she has thought a lot about Noob. And right. I think there's evidence for that. Like, the fact that Luna is married to his grandson. Mm. Like, that was something she did way back when in 2007. I mean, when th- that was the first time she even publicly stated that. Yeah. She probably had that in her mind even longer. Yeah. Um, so there's evidence that J.K. Rowling has given thought to Newt Scamander. And I'm sure she gave thought into, like, the American wizarding community and stuff. But as far as, like, little tiny details go... That's where, like, I really just don't know how much she actually had right, yeah. planned. But I think she had a lot planned. Yeah, it's definitely really curious to me that she's she's addressing the fact that these films, now five of them, are going to be doing a whole lot more than just a couple of beasts let loose in New York City, right? Yeah. That's where it starts. But you get the sense that this isn't really Newt's story so much as Grindelwald's story. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. That's Nobody like, knows. <laughs> that's kind of the feeling I'm getting at the same time, I've heard that you only ever see him, like, barely in the first film. So yeah. it's definitely through Newt's eyes, considering he is a magizoologist that travels, right? That might be part of why he gets caught up in it. Yeah. I mean, the big thing for me, like, why I... I mean, I think she definitely has an end game. I think she has a plan. Right. Yeah. yeah I don't want to... Like, when I say... Which like I when I'm he- When I'm hesitant to say, like, does she have it fully planned? Like, I'm not trying to say that she hasn't doesn't have this plan. I think she knows where she's going with yeah, this I story. Yeah, I agree. Just the, like, the level of detail. How detailed is it? Just the fact, for instance, that it was three movies and it's now five. And we don't really know what's going on here. Was it that in... I mean, from the very beginning, did she know that there was going to be three movies or five movies? Was it a recent development for her? Well, what, like do we even know if it was her who chose to originally say three movies mm-hmm, and then say mm-hmm. five? Like, it could have been she had five planned from the very beginning hmm. and she just didn't get the contract to do it until right, recently or right. whatever. Interesting. But there's just a lot we don't know. and It's, it's all speculation. It's Yeah, it's super hard to know how much she has planned at this point. And then there's other little things like the fact that... um. Zoe Kravitz, I believe. Yeah. Um, she plays Christina in the Divergent films. She's been cast. Right. In last minute, too. Last right? minute. And that's what when I'm just kind of like, okay, well, what does that mean exactly? I think from what I remember, um, somebody could go ch- check and verify this, um, but I think that she was brought on toward the end of filming for the first film, um, so she's expected to be somewhere in the first film, and I was under the impression that she will be appearing in the sequel. Yes. Um, Me too. And so if that's the case, just the fact that she was casted so late, it could mean nothing, but it could also just mean it was like a last-minute character to add to yeah. the story. We we don't know. Yeah, it's all speculation. But, like, my feeling, my gut feeling is that she had it creatively planned. Like, she had maybe a rough sketch of everything that would happen. She had no idea how long it would take, how much detail there was, until, like, she started doing the second script and really mapped out I agree. the others. I yeah. Because I think once you get your first one done, at least you feel like you've established Act One, right? You've established this is the, this is where we're starting off from. I don't know. I feel like she has had the whole story mapped out. She just is now understanding how big it is, which is at least my hope. Yeah, the fact that there are even going to be five, like they have determined that this is going to take five, that those are the type of things that make me feel good, um, because. I really strongly believe that a good story has an ending. Mm-hmm. I really believe that. Um, it, it tells me the fact that they, they've decided that they're going to be five, the fact that she knows that, it tells me that she knows where she's going with the story and what she wants to say. And I think I'm going to assume that the movie is going to be a lot better because of it. So Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like that Zoe Kravitz character, for me, I feel like she probably had that character in the story but realized she needed her 
It's like one of those J.K. Rowling yeah. hints, right? Where she like plants the seed mm-hmm. and we don't figure it out till later. So she wants it a little bit it. earlier. I love it when she does that. Yeah. So I'm going to keep a really big eye out for that character because mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a feeling there's a fairly big reason she's going to be in this first film. Um, oh, that conversation, though, I think is unique to this this trailer, the conversation that happens between Newt and Tina about, you know, you want me to marry him? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jacob. <laughs> Poor Jacob. <laughs> the new PETA. <laughs> or, I don't know, it sounds like he's going to have some sort of romantic relationship. Maybe. I think so with Queenie. Yeah, yeah it's kind of looked that oh, way. Yeah, but also, sure. thus far, her character, she kind of comes off as just a very flirtatious character. Mm-hmm. This is true. So, I don't know. But, well, yeah, maybe there's something going on I there. I feel like there is. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. This is the first time we hear Tina speaking to, to Newt about, like, hey, look, you don't know what's going on here. You know, like, <laughs> and Newt's like, yeah, you guys have it pretty messed up. And she's like, excuse me. <laughs> um, which I like. I feel like I'm going to really like the relationship, this banter. Well, I mean, then this is a very interesting moment, too, because it's giving us a glimpse into the American wizarding community. Yeah. Um, and we've we've read about it on Pottermore and stuff. Yes, But we this have. is like the first time we're actually kind of seeing it in play, you know, talking about marrying nomadges and like right. even interacting with them and stuff. And so clearly these things that she set up in these Pottermore articles, they're going to have a huge role Absolutely. in the movie. I feel like it's definitely going to enrich your experience with the movie, having all of that understanding beforehand. Um, it makes me wonder, though, will it take away from people who haven't I was them? just wondering the same exact thing. Wow. Yeah. No, but, like, <laughs> seriously, though, because we know so much already. We know so much about Ilvermorny. Yeah. We know so much about um, about the, you know, the restriction on, like, nomadges and stuff. We know the term nomadge. Yeah, for example. that's true. Um, like, how is somebody, a very casual Harry Potter watcher... Makusa comes up and they're like, Maku? <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm assuming that there is going to be some explanation in the film. I, oh, yeah, I hope so. for sure. But it does kind of make you wonder, like, how much... I think that's the purpose of Newt, right? Him being introduced to the society it's is true. us being introduced to the society. So we're coming from his frame of mind. Like, we entered the Wizarding World through Harry Potter from his muggle background mm-hmm. because we're muggles. Right. And then we see the Wizarding World. Now we know the Wizarding World and we're coming from this to the American Wizarding World. So I think it's going to be very nicely done in that way. So I really like that character selection, at least for the protagonist. All right. All right. Let's go on to the next one. It was like. Um, like a ghost. I saw its eyes. Shining white eyes. And it dove down underground. entered New York with a case. A case full of magical creatures. And unfortunately, some have escaped. Teeny, he brought men home. That's Mr. Scamander. He's lost something I'm going to help him find. We're going to recapture my creatures before they get hurt. They're currently in alien terrain, surrounded by millions of the most vicious creatures on the planet. Humans.
magical beasts are terrorizing Nomadias. When Nomadias are afraid, they attack. Contain this, or it'll mean war. Why would I have to wear something like this? Because your skull is susceptible to breakage under immense force. Jacob. <laughs> oh man. Okay, that one though. That Comic Con really trailer. Good one. Yeah. So good. There's so much to, like we could devote a whole episode to that trailer. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> we won't, but we could. Um the first thing that catch my attention this entire trailer though is the music. You like Saul saw me, I got all giddy just because like I felt the magic through the music. I don't know why. Of course, there's that Hedwig theme playing at the very end. I think that's just a tie-in for casual viewers. This is a Harry Potter mm-hmm. world story. Um, I don't expect them to use it a whole lot in the movie. In fact, I hope they don't. Yeah. I, I I feel <laughs> like they're going to start off from that. Yeah, it, it will. Oh, yeah, because that's what's in the soundtrack. Yeah. But once they establish that, I feel like it will move away and become its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like if people are interested, like they did release the first opening song right mm-hmm. of the uh of the movie which i regret listening to but i did because i just <laughs> love music um yeah it, it kind of it does morph into like its own theme and so yeah i'm just the, the music's great I, i'm pretty sure it's james newton howard mm-hmm. who's doing it so. and he's one of my absolute favorite yeah um, movie composers of all time there's okay so there's something in this trailer that both excites me and concerns me okay let's hear it it's the number of plots that are happening all at the same time. <laughs> it feels like, you know, you have your sitcom, you have your A story and your B story and sometimes your C story. It feels like that, but instead of giving the A story prominence, I feel like it's going to be a struggle to know where we should be looking into. You know, like, I feel like mm-hmm. there isn't one really big directive. It feels like there's the beasts that are let, let loose in America. Um, so Newt's now, like you know, in custody or whatever it is. Right. There's going to be the thing, the overarching thing in America with you have the nomads' relationships, you know, they're going to kill us. Um, we can't have them see these beasts, you know, it's connected there, but it still is its own thing because you have the the New Salemers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then above that, you have Grindelwald's attacks, <laughs> <laughs> which they don't mention very much in this trailer. They really mention mostly the New Salemers' mentality between witches and how and wizards and how they're terrible people um, and why there is so much secrecy. All right. So I think that's a valid concern. Um, I think whether or not they'll be successful will be determined on how well they can tie all of those threads together. Same. And mm-hmm. I think most of us can kind of see how they might already tie mm-hmm. those together. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's done well, I mean, I'm going to be very excited. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I can see how that's a concern. And I think typically in films where they're trying to fit so many like storylines and stuff in, like I feel like oftentimes they don't succeed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that's just that's my... the Avengers way. <laughs> yeah. <they're... laughs> 
Yeah, I could go I on mean, about the Avengers. The Aven- are great, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have thoughts on the, <laughs> the Avengers movies. But uh, I don't know. I'm confident in J.K. Rowling and in her yeah. abilities. So I, I'm, I'm optimistic. I think it'll probably be very well done. The question is, or the thing is, like, this is her first film. Screenplay. Yep, right. that's exactly what I was going <laughs> to say. It's like, I, I am optimistic about her abilities as a storyteller, mm-hmm. as a writer. I feel like she writes great characters. But this is a completely different medium. This is a whole new format, right? The things that we are able to see through Harry's head in book format is going to be a different when you have to show it instead in Definitely. a film format. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, if we'll have to like tie things together, like how much she's going to trust us to tie things together and how much she's going to be completely open and obvious about. So, yeah, because that's what I love about Harry Potter. You read into it. You can read into it and into it and into it. Is that going to be the same thing in the film format? I don't know. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. For sure. So many questions. <laughs> I love Queenie. Queenie's great. I'm not entirely sure what to think about her yet. Yeah. Um, I just don't know enough about her um from the i feel one... i feel like that way honestly about all of them to okay be, to be fair we um, don't know enough about yeah them. It's, it's not really queenie it's just i don't feel like i know enough about right any of them at this point i think the the interviews that have struck me the most are from allison sudal who plays her um because she there is more to queenie than meets the eye um which i guess we could talk about now like that the whole fact that she is a legitimate legilimens um but for emotions right and I feel like there's more to her than, like, you first see her, she, you think, oh, she's that girly girl type. You know, I understand what that is. I can put that in a box. I feel like you can't do that with this character. Because um, she goes into, like, how that affects how she interacts with people. Being able to read all of their emotions, like, you know, that changes her interactions with them completely. Because she's like an antenna, always wired, always knowing and feeling what right. other people are feeling. So, um It'll be interesting because she seems like such an outgoing, extroverted character, but can she be that way when she's able to just, like, pick up on everything? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it'll be a really good character to explore for sure. There's this one scene, um, swooping evil, right? Yeah. It's this blue and green bird-like creature that's swooping down to Newt. Oh, it's green? Yeah. (laughs) I'm colorblind. I thought it was red. (laughs) Oh, no, it's green. (laughs) Okay. Um... And this whole scene is interesting to me. This is the one thing that, like, I still haven't figured out what the heck is going on. Newt's standing sort of at the top of the screen. We have Tina in a sort of like a black tar pit sort of a thing. The swooping evil swooping down towards Newt. And there are two, like, bodies lying around. One of them looks like they have a wand. And they're dressed in white. Uh So I'm really not sure what to make of that. That's, like, the one scene to me that does not fit the others. So... The black tar stuff, it reminds me of uh, Hunger Games, actually. Oh, of yeah. the third one, or the, I guess the final movie. It was the third book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where mm-hmm. uh, you have that black tar coming after them in the capital. Yeah, very interesting. I'm, I'm wondering, there's another scene in, I think in this trailer, where you have like a line of nomad policemen. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And Newt there. And you see something like black hurtling down uh-huh. through the uh, the street. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to quite have a shape. I don't know. I, it's just kind of reminding me. The, the, the tar is making me think of of whatever that is. I don't know if I've read it somewhere or if it's just my own thinking. Yeah. That right. Oh, I guess it looks more like smoke here. I think that's the creature that's able to expand to whatever space it's given or, like, contract. Interesting. You see, I haven't read a lot about the creatures because right. I'm, like, I feel like I'm in somewhere between Alexis and Mallory and... <laughs> 
I have to like know, like I, I am like aware of a lot of stuff because we report about a lot of it yeah. on my website. But yeah, so I haven't read much on the creatures. So I guess disregard that last. <laughs> but there is something I wanted to say about this scene with the uh, the nomad um, police police officers uh-huh. and stuff. I've, I'm I'm really excited. Um, to be seeing something like guns in a Harry Potter oh, yeah. wizarding world. That's um, the biggest theory, right? The whole, like, why don't they just shoot Voldemort? Well, that's one thing. I hadn't even thought of oh. <laughs> Like, maybe we'll finally get the answer there. But just, like, this really shows you... I mean, the Harry Potter films have always been, while set in our world, have been detached from our world. True. Um, and this is an instance where we are seeing magic, like, on our streets, like... This is a crossing. This is where this is where the wizarding world and the nomads or muggle world meet. And yeah. that's what makes me excited. That's true. Because, like, in Harry Potter, obviously there are attacks. Obviously there are things happening that muggles see that are, get erased. But we're in, like, Harry's school. Like, we're so removed from even that part of it, right? right. Whereas Newt Scamander, because he's out of school, because he's in the greater world, the wide world of muggles especially in New York City, I guess, where the Wizarding World is so hidden. Um, it must be, like, so much different interacting with muggles and having, like, this, yep, there's magic. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, I mean, I just I mean, I mean, just love the fact you have the, these police officers, they have guns pointed at a creature, and you have Newt standing in front of them, at least with the way they've edited this trailer, with a wand in his hand. And, like, yeah. beforehand, like, that was something you, you kept away, you, you hid yeah. Um. At least in Harry Potter, and I. I mean, obviously they're supposed to be hidden here in this movie mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. but they're not for whatever reason. And I'm really excited to just kind of see both of those two worlds clash. Yeah. That's what makes me excited. Yeah, it is exciting to be outside of school a little bit. Um. Although I do really want to see Silver Morning. I want to see Silver Morning too. So badly. Do you think <laughs> we will? I don't. I thought we would. I think um, that'd be like the biggest shock because there's nothing about it besides what's come out in Pottermore. I mean, maybe we'll see something in this first one. I mean, I, w- I thought that beforehand I was a lot more confident um, that we would eventually see it somewhere in the trilogy or now series. Uh-huh. Um, but now that it's in Paris. Now that the sequel's going to be in Paris, right. I, I'm not so sure. I'm not saying that it can't happen. I mean, it could easily happen and be tied in there. True. But, like, I just feel a little less confident about it now. Yeah. Yeah, do you think the movies are going to follow that trend of a new big city every single movie. And that's what people are speculating about and that's just what nobody knows. Like, we have no idea. Do you think It'd be you, cool. I don't know if I I don't know if I want that. I like the familiarity of returning to a place like like Hogwarts. Like I like I would love to return back to New York after Paris. I don't know. And maybe back to Paris after New York. I don't know. It's just like I want I want to be familiar with the place and return to it in some degree. Maybe. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I feel like that was the point of Harry Potter. Yeah. Less the point of True. Fantastic Beasts. True. Like, I guess it's good to see the greater wizarding world. Yeah. And I personally, I mean, I agree. I love, like, going back to Hogwarts, for yeah. example. True. Right? But I'm very, very excited to see the wizarding world in different uh, cultures throughout the world. That's true. I'm excited to see the French wizarding society and yeah. what are they up to. and Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. For sure. But if it's following, like, World War Two. Is it just going to be Europe again, all over? I have a feeling there's going to be a decent amount of Europe. I, I don't feel know. Like it's going to be very Europe-centric. Maybe not. I mean, that, that's the thing. We have no <laughs> idea of what that's to what expect. That's what this podcast is about. <laughs> <laughs> <Solid> speculation. <laughs> okay, we'll go into our third one. 
which is just titled Trailer 2. So as helpful as that is, um, maybe we'll link to it in the description if you guys want to follow along. You know for 24 hours that an unregistered wizard set magical beasts loose in New York? Yes. Where is this man? trailer probably the best one i yeah i thought the other <laughs> one was the best one i think i've only seen this once there's so much mm-hmm. i need to watch it again <laughs> <laughs> not right now <laughs> what are your initial thoughts i mean i remember watching this and the, the big thing that like me and my roommates we were all like talking about the, the big thing out of this trailer and i think everybody was just like blown away by it was grindelwald oh yeah yeah that's, that's true that's this is the, the, re- the release yeah this was kind of like oh my gosh grindelwald's involved in this right and I think he's going to be a very big part. Sounds like it. At least in the background. But a very big part in the overall series of films. Uh-huh. This is the first time we we really get a glimpse of Ezra Miller's character, too. Yes. Right? We see, I think this is a Snallygaster. I could be wrong. I can't remember the beast names. It's the one with, like, tentacle mouth, whatever. But really cool, in a way. Also, do you think all of this is happening in his case, these outdoor scenes, or is he, like, going around? It could be. Because there's a moon in there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, who knows? But, I mean, I I could picture that. I mean, his his suitcase definitely seems really cool. Where is this hill in the nighttime? I know. This shot, you know, they have this shot of a a hill, right, and, like, the moon behind it. 
and I'm guessing like these creatures on the hill. It yeah. kind of reminds me of like an Avengers shot, like, like whenever like you see graveyard. Thanos like sitting on some sort of like <laughs> asteroid floating in space. That's what it reminds me of. See, things like this make me still hopeful that he might run into Ilvermorny at one point. Hey, I mean, it's very, I mean, it's very possible. Yeah, just like it would really be a shame if, like, after all of that Ilvermorny hype, we didn't like get to see, see it. it. I feel like we'll at least be able to talk about it, right? We'll hear about it. Uh-huh. I just really would love to see it. Yeah, all those fanfic writers—they need it. They, <sighs> they need. They need to see it. Probably true. Or not. They might be really content just making stuff up still. That, that's a good point. Well, we've been doing that for years. We're ready for that. <laughs> We're ready to see it. <laughs> so, yeah, the whole thing with Ezra Miller's character, you get the sense that he is a wizard, even though his mother's a uh, Salemer. I have no idea. That's the theory. Is, okay. That's I, the secret. Because apparently he has a huge secret. Right. And when uh, Graves is talking to him, is like, hey, look. He's talking to him almost as an equal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the the theory, which I'm subscribing to. (laughs) I believe it so far. We get some really cool creature shots. The Thunderbird is creating lightning, (laughs) lots of apparition, which is great because I feel like that's something that we didn't get a whole lot with students. So many creatures, this rhino thing, like, wow. It's an awesome trailer. Lots of emotion, too. Yeah, I mean, this trailer really makes it look like it's going to be epic. Yeah. That's a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get a sense it's it's going to be big, bold, and emotional. So those are the three. Um, we missed out somehow on the very first one that was released that talked about why is Albus Dumbledore such a fan of you or something. Right. Which is interesting. And it makes it, – it, wasn't there, like, something that was released early on that there is a familiar character that will show up in this movie? Or is it just a series? I mean, there have been, I think, a couple of people who have mentioned that we will see familiar characters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who were they talking about? Who knows? Yeah, you get the feeling that maybe it's Dumbledore, a younger version. I, I feel even more confident as of recent developments that we will be seeing Dumbledore. Grindelwald? Yeah. Should we talk about Grindelwald? Probably. That was the really big news this last week. Yeah, that's true. It, I mean, so much so, I, I, I would say it really rocked the fandom. For sure. Less the news um, that he's going to be in the film because we've kind of realized that over the last like month or so, mm-hmm. but especially the, the casting rumors that have come out. Rumors? Well, Warner Brothers has not officially I think that... stated anything. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a rumor. Look. <laughs> that yeah, go ahead. Johnny Depp is, has been cast as Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. Um, the only part you see of Grindelwald is the back of his head, so... Right. I mean, like, the first... The news that broke out was that Johnny Depp had been cast in the movies. There's rumors that he had a cameo in the first movie. Uh-huh. Because of that, there's just a lot of interesting things that have come up. There's just been like a lot of drama, too, as yeah. to the fact that it is Johnny Depp yeah. with recent allegations and stuff. So let's move on from the Johnny Depp aspect of this and mm-hmm. into the Grindelwald aspect of this. Yeah. The fact that we're going into Paris next time. Um, the fact that we know that now Grindelwald is behind attacks um, and he's probably fan in the flame of some sort of thing happening, whether that's the Scours, whether that's the Makusa people leadership. You know, I don't know who is involved where yet, but it just sounds like he's going to be a very big influence politically in these films. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Paris? (laughs) Um, I just find it to be a very interesting setting um, for the second one. Now that we know that Grindelwald is involved, growing up and reading Harry Potter 
I was always under the impression that Grindelwald was somehow at least loosely connected to World War II. Yeah, oh yeah. And that was partially based off of some things that J.K. Rowling had said mm-hmm. in the past, um, which is what, yeah, in fact, there was a uh, an interview that was done, I think, in 2005, and this was with Melissa Nelly of Leaky Cauldron, Emerson Sparts of MuggleNet, and um, I believe they, J.K. Rowling flew them out to her house. Wow. Had them enter. Do you remember this? This was like around the time of Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. When it was published. So yeah, this was like a really big interview. Insane. There's um, an interesting bit about, in here about Grindelwald. Let's see if we can find it. Um, so you have Emerson asking J.K. Rowling about uh, Grindelwald. And here's what J.K. Rowling says. I'm going to tell you as much as I told someone earlier who asked me. He asked about Grindelwald. He said... Is it coincidence that he died in 1945? And I said, no. It amuses me to make allusions to things that were happening in the muggle world. So my feeling would be that while there's a global muggle war going on, there's also a global wizarding war going on. Then Emerson asks, does he have any connection to? And J.K. Rowling seems to cut him off and says, I have no comment to make on that subject. And then they all laugh and they're like, oh, you're hiding something. And she is just being very cryptic here. Um, and so there are a couple of like really interesting things in her response. First off, um, and this goes back to that question you asked earlier, how much of this did she have planned in the past? Clearly, she had things in mind for Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. But at the time of this interview, Deathly Hallows hadn't come out yet. Mm. And we know Grindelwald plays a role in Deathly Hallows. Right. The other interesting thing about that is that she says that Grindelwald is dead in this interview, which we know he's not right. when we get to Deathly Hallows. So clearly, she changed her mind sometime in between the release of Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows. Interesting. Um, that, about as far as Grindelwald's fate goes. Mm-hmm. The, but the, the interesting stuff here is just that she seems to have decided, or she herself made this allusion to World War II, and that Grindelwald was somehow involved in World War II. And like when Emerson asked, does he have any relationship to, I mean, presumably he's asking about Hitler. Right, right. She doesn't answer that question. I mean, it could be for any reason, really. Yeah. Maybe she just doesn't want to talk about Hitler. Yeah. You know, who, who wants to talk about Hitler? But, <laughs> um, like, I just find that to be very, very interesting. So I'm under the impression that World War II could, in fact, or at least the rise of World War II could be playing some sort of role in these films. I, I feel like they're somehow connected to Grindelwald. And if, if Grindelwald is a really big part of the series, which is what the casting seems to determine or seems to be alluding to and what the trailers have alluded right, to. Right, right. And also the fact that she's like, once you see the plot, you'll know why it's five movies. Right. And so, I mean, there are a lot of questions like, is the story going to span 20 years? Anyway. Yeah. How does all of that relate to Paris? <laughs> <laughs> you tell uh, me so. <laughs> France is just in this really interesting period during this time. Uh-huh. This is the interwar period. Yeah. I just know <laughs> that right now Europe is in a state of sort of rebuilding and healing mm. from World War One. Right. Doesn't work out too well, as mm-hmm. we know. Right. Um, but during this time, you really see the rise. I mean, these are the years where you see, well, first of all, you had the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really big deal for the world. But then you also see the rise of like characters like Hitler or Mussolini. And Grindelwald just fits right next to them, From what, based on what we know thus far of Grindelwald. Yeah. There's just some interesting things, too. I mean, if you look at already the current ties to Paris specifically um, in the Harry Potter uh, books. The big one is Nicolas Flamel. Nicolas Flamel was a French alchemist. He lived in Paris. 
He, I think you can visit his grave, if he's even in his grave, wow. <laughs> um, in Paris. His house is like a restaurant. Wow. And I can't help but wonder if it's true that, like, let's, I mean, some people are wondering, are, are we following Grindelwald through these films? And if that's true, let, let's assume we are. Right. Why is Grindelwald in Paris? And who is in Paris? And who has a stone? We know that Grindelwald is looking for a stone because he's looking for the Deathly Hallows. Oh, so you think he's looking? For I mean, Nicholas I don't Samuel's know. We have nothing to really. Stone. We have nothing to go off of. Whoa. But it would be very interesting. Oh if my gosh! So he thought that like the Resurrection Stone was a death, or that the Philosopher's Stone was a Deathly Hallow, specifically the Resurrection right. Stone. Right. We know Which that Grindelwald sense. is interested in the Deathly Hallows. We know that. He and Dumbledore were interested. Grindelwald has the Elder Wand. You have a heart of fluttering. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, like, Paris. I mean, the first thing everybody thinks of is Beauvaton, right? Right, yeah. That's, that's what I think. And, like... Which, by the way, you don't want to know my pronunciation when I was in middle school. <laughs> Probably mine either. I'm pretty sure I was calling Bukes it, like... Baton. Well, I'm pretty sure I was calling it, like, Boxbatten. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, you, you've, you've got that, and th- that's very interesting. Um, the World War two parallels are interesting but the thing that really the real direct connection that i see is nicholas flamel and there's nothing out there otherwise there's really nothing suggesting this This is just me right thinking about this but like i I don't know we know dumbledore knows nicholas flamel why and how and when did he meet nicholas flamel was it to enter was it as maybe they were was it to deal with Grindelwald? Although already... at this time, maybe Dumbledore's not, because we know Dumbledore tried to stay away from Grindelwald for as right, long as he could. Right. Um, I, I don't know. It's just a thought that maybe occurred to me. Maybe he's just trying to protect Flamel from Grindelwald. That's very interesting. It also makes me wonder, what's Newt got to do with everything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it's like he he doesn't... Like, he says in one of the trailers, like, he is much more concerned about animals than he is people, right? Yeah. But you presume, like, he must, like, learn something like humans are people, too. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> humans are fantastic beasts, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and so he sort of maybe has that character arc of, like, I like Tina. She's a great person. Also, I like her sister. And Jacob's not so bad. You know, like, I right. feel like he's going to have this moment. But, like, does that mean he's going to be assisting in the war or is he not is he like happening upon Paris because that's where cool beast is how involved is he in all of this right is it just like trapezing through and that brings us back to how much is Grindelwald involved in all this yeah which again the casting of Johnny Depp and if he is Grindelwald then it sounds like at least in the second film he's going to be playing a somewhat large role right um if he's he's only got a cameo in this first one yeah so like I wonder if Ezra Miller's character has a connection I don't know I don't know. Well, Graves, so Graves' character seems to have a connection to Grindelwald. Yeah, exactly. And Graves has a connection to Ezra Miller's character. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it, it really oh is gosh. all speculation at this point. Like, Nicholas Flamel might not ever even be mentioned in these films, but that was who I first thought of. I know everybody thinks, that oh, theory. Paris and France. Oh, we're going to learn about Beauvaton. Right. Maybe we will, and that'd be awesome if we do. And maybe we won't, and that's fine. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I, I've never pictured Beauvaton in a... In Paris? in Paris, me neither. Um, They're not, yeah. I, f- I feel like they would be removed from Paris. As and, are all of the schools. Right. In my mind, the only direct connection, at least as far as the Harry Potter books go, right. is Nicholas Flamel. Very interesting. And I can I can see why Grindelwald might be interested in Nicholas Flamel. This is going to be an off-topic question. Uh-huh. Do you think there's any way 
in which she would be able to tie in a fact that we learned from Cursed Child into all of this. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I think that would be really nice. <laughs> I'm just I'm thinking augury in particular. Oh, yeah. Because it's a beast. And it's like the impending doom beast. It right. Like this cries whenever there's going to be that death around. So uh-huh. I, don't know, I feel like there's a way she could tie it in. But yeah. So I'm excited about Paris, not just because I love Paris, but. Yeah. And it seems like a natural choice. J.K. Rowling's fluent in French. She has family mm-hmm. from France. Like, it makes me want her to visit Portugal because I love Portuguese. And maybe she will. <laughs> <laughs> it also makes me wonder, like, how they're going to be titling these films. I've wondered that, too. Like, is it going to be the Harry Potter and the, right, sort of a right. repetitive thing? So, like, the first one would be Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. The second one, since Paris is so well-known for its food, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Eat Them. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> I've heard lots of jokes, but that's a good one. Um, yeah, I was wondering if it would be like a different textbook. Like if it's just Newt's Commander oh, literally just like looking up beasts and like going to try to find out where the cool ones are. Right. Um, so Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Maybe that was his first book. He published it because he publishes it. Oh, I figured this out last time. Tell you math, I did it. <laughs> um, it's not in front of me though. Okay, can't remember it. But I think he publishes it one year after the movie is, is set. So that's his first book. So mm-hmm. I feel like the next one could be his next book if he so desires to keep on writing. Yeah, um, I feel like that's a natural progression because I feel like she's going to title it different than like Fantastic Beast Two. Like I don't think I cannot see her doing that. Uh-huh. Just now, from an author standpoint, yeah, more than likely no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting. We're, there's just really so much we don't know about know. the future of this, and maybe so maybe soon. we'll have a better picture. After the first movie. I hope we so do. So soon. It is so soon. So I'm so excited. Two weeks. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the next time we are going to talk in this room, it's going to be about Fantastic Piece that we saw. Hopefully we're happy. I, I can't imagine me not being happy. <laughs> I'm going through this way too much optimism, but I'm really excited. I'm pretty about optimistic it. too. I'm very excited. Yeah, they did release some movie clips recently. Which um, I have not watched. You haven't watched. Only one of them really caught my attention. I mean, they're cute, and they're little moments, and really I wish I hadn't watched them because I'd like to keep those moments for the movie, but I did. (laughs) And one of them talks about the Niffler creature, which likes shiny things, so Mm -hmm. it gets in a lot of trouble. And I noticed that he uses the spell Finestra to get rid of glass, like a glass window. Hmm. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard that spell before. Have you? No. Okay. But I don't know if I know the spells by heart like a lot of people. I'm Googling it. I could be spelling it wrong because that's what I heard is Finestra. Hmm. But it doesn't exist on the internet, so it makes you wonder. Yeah. So I feel like we're going to be learning some new spells, which is exciting. Also, can we talk about how good of a wizard Newt is? Like for having not finished school, he has this magical case that has basically a whole like bestiary in it (laughs) where he just like goes on in and there's like an apothecary to the left and turn to the right there's maybe a hill with a moon I don't know like I just feel like it it seems like this huge place which would be insanely difficult magic right and to be able to care for all of these beasts and make sure they're all you know he's been working in the ministry of magic for a few years now but still like he's still young and I feel like it's really advanced magic Mm mm-hmm he has zero regards for muggle things. That's another thing I learned in these clubs. He really <laughs> does not care what he messes up. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, have you seen the wanted posters? 
I've seen the wanted posters. I ha- I really haven't. Do you know what he's wanted for? I've really tried to stay away. Okay. <laughs> in I the won't last tell you. month or so I from know, these sort I of know. things. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no regards for Muggle stuff. He just <laughs> <laughs> destroys everything um, just to take care of his beasts. But the good thing is, with all of the movie clips that I have seen, there's a lot of magic, which someone mentioned in an article that I read as well of like something the Harry Potter movies we kind of missed in them is you don't see the everyday magic unless you're like, you see the the thing in the Weasley home knitting a sweater or, you know, the wizard in the Leaky Cauldron who's, like, stirring coffee with his finger, but in the air. Right. <laughs> I'm, like, doing all of these hand motions. It really doesn't help in a podcast. But I feel like the, the magic here, there's a ton of it, and they just use it all the time whenever they have the chance. Mm-hmm. So I think that'll be really cool. For sure. Anything else you want to speculate, guess, I don't wonder? know much more about anything. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have much more to say. I'm excited. I'm so happy. And I, I really am, like, in case you can't tell, I really am excited about Grindelwald. Uh-huh. I know some people are, like, worried. Um, I, yeah, I am a little I'm bit. not so sure about the casting choice, my, mm-hmm. personally, but I am excited about the Grindelwald idea. And yeah. and that's where, going back to that question, like, how much of this does she have planned? I feel like she's known a lot about Grindelwald for a long time, um, even if she was making changes yeah. <laughs> as she was writing the Harry Potter books. And I, I feel like, yeah, like what you were saying, she she had a lot in mind, and now we're getting to see her kind of connect all of those threads that she right. just had left over from the Potter books. Right. And if that is the casting choice, I do have a few concerns about that. Um, knowing his typecast of being a quirky oddball. That's one of the things that worries me. Yeah, yeah that's one of them. The second one is just knowing that as Pirates of the Caribbean, um, he came on as Jack Sparrow, and basically he created Jack Sparrow. That's not what they wrote Jack Sparrow to be like. But he acted like that, and he's like, if you want this to be a thing, like, this is how he is. Interesting. And he killed it, knocked it out of the park. That's exactly what needed to happen, right? But that worries me when I'm like, I trust J.K. Rowling's characterization right. a little bit more because she's been in it for decades uh-huh. compared to you who's walking yeah. on set. So, And there has been uh, some speculation, underlying speculation here, that um, some fans feel like there's evidence out there that J.K. Rowling isn't too happy about really? certain casts. Most people are, think it's Johnny Depp. I can see that. But, I mean, there's no hard evidence of that. It's just right. a, a tweet she tweeted to John Green that people are kind of creating their own context for, which they could be correct. Or they she did? Yeah. Um, John Green tweeted something like, what? Uh, people don't seem to get that I don't have a say in the casting. And right. she responded by saying something like, I don't remember. I know I butchered the exact quote, but she essentially responded by saying, like, yeah, I have the same experience. I'm excited about Grindelwald. Curious, I guess, to see what happens with the casting. I feel like we won't know after this movie either. Well, that's that's what I was just going to say. Like, even after this movie, I mean, he's got such a small cameo in this film. And, like, we we really won't know until, like, when does the next one come out? 2018? Oh, boy, really? I think so. No. <laughs> November 2018? I think so. No. Well, I guess that's okay because it spreads out my Harry Potter to like 10 years. Also, we don't want them competing with Star Wars. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all we had for today, guys. It was a blast going through all the trailers. Um, I feel like pretty prepared for the film now. Like having reviewed everything over the Newtcast episodes. It's been good. You guys have done a good job of being very extensive. Thank you. I've been listening. Good. And yeah, <laughs> I'm always amazed by how in depth you guys can go. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, dude, that's all Mallory. She can, like, pull things out of anything. It's so great. I love it. Maybe she's a witch. Oh, my gosh. Mallory. Now would be a good time to reveal that I am a new Salemer. <laughs> oh. And I have been on to you, Mallory. <laughs> In that case, say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, thank you so, so much, Saul, for coming on no this problem. episode. Thanks really for having me. Really appreciate it. No, and definitely check out Book Stacked with an E-D. Book Stacked. Book Stacked. <laughs> they, they do some really great work. They keep me up to date, that's for sure. I follow them on social media. It helps me a lot. Thank you. So find us on Twitter, guys. Please tell us what your theories are. This is your last chance before the movie comes out. You can't say, I knew it, after the fact, unless you'd said something beforehand. So go ahead, tweet us your theories. Afterwards, we would love to hear what your reactions were. I know I'll be in my feelers out and just seeing what people are thinking. From a critical standpoint, from a fandom standpoint, it'll be good. Hope to hear from you guys soon. In the meantime, peace out. Bye.